would you describe Jesus? People were always putting a label on Jesus. At the beginning of his life, the name Jesus is made much of, Matthew chapter 1. Uh, at the end of his life, it's a big deal when the thief on the cross and then the centurion get his identity right. Uh, think of Luke 23 or Matthew 26. And right in the middle of the Gospels, the central question is, who do people say that I am? As Jesus asks in Mark chapter 8. Sometimes the labels that Jesus attracts were true and well-meant, uh, as in John the Baptist saying, Behold, the Lamb of God. Sometimes the labels that Jesus attracted were false and ill-meant, uh, as in Luke chapter 7, where his enemies said he is demon-possessed. But in our passage for today, in Luke chapter 7, we have an accusation that is both true and ill-meant. Uh, here, Jesus comments on the verdicts that are being passed on him. Luke chapter 7 from verse 34. Jesus says, The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and you say, Here is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Uh, in the minds of these accusers, friend of sinners was a shameful epithet. Perhaps they lived by that old maxim, you can tell a man by the company he keeps. Well, what should they conclude when they see Jesus associating with such down and out, such sinners? Well, they should think Jesus is the doctor for the sick. They should see the outgoing merciful love of Jesus for sinners, and such love should thrill them. But instead, they see it as a slur. Friend of sinners is their slander. But Jesus owns the title with pride. And Luke shows us what it means for Jesus to be the friend of sinners with the next incident that he relates. In Luke chapter 7 from verse 36, we see Christ's befriending love shown to a sinner. Luke 7 from verse 36. Now, one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him. So he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. When a woman who had lived a sinful life in that town learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster jar of perfume. And as she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited Jesus saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two men owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay. So he cancelled the debts of both. Now which of them will love him the more? Simon replied, I suppose, the one who had the bigger debt cancelled. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned towards the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore I tell you her many sins have been forgiven, for she loved much. But he who has been forgiven little, loves little. Then Jesus said to her, Your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say among themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace.
Some people find public displays of affection awkward. Simon the Pharisee hated them. And he thought this whole thing reflected very badly on Jesus. Surely if Jesus were a prophet, he'd know what she's like. Surely he would swat her away like a bug. In verse 40, Jesus responds to the thoughts of Simon. Isn't that wonderful? (laughs) Simon doubts that Jesus is a prophet, and Jesus responds to the thought life of Simon. What a heck of a prophet he is, actually. And true to form, Jesus responds not directly, but with a story. He's always doing that sort of thing, isn't he? He speaks of this uh, uh, example. Two debts are compared. One is a debt for £50,000, one is a debt for £5,000. Now, to have the 50,000 debt forgiven will engender much more gratitude, much more love, right? Well, that's like the woman. A massive debt has been cancelled and she is set free. So, of course, she's grateful. Of course, she loves. But what's Simon like? Well, Simon doesn't seem to think he has any debt. He probably thinks he's in the black with God. And while ever he thinks that way, he cannot have love for Jesus. How do you see Jesus? How would you describe him? Actually, how you see yourself will have a massive impact on how you see Jesus. If you don't see your indebtedness to God, you will have to be like Simon. You you won't understand the love that others seem to have for Christ. You will find their public displays of affection distasteful. You just won't get Jesus if you don't understand your own indebtedness. But if you know your indebtedness, You will be like this woman. You will love Jesus and you won't care who knows it. So who is Jesus to you? Is he just a prophet? Either a failed or a successful prophet. Is he just a prophet? Do you you know him as the friend of sinners? The one who redeems us and brings us out of spiritual bankruptcy? You know, as I read this story and try to picture myself around that table, I find something disturbing. Naturally, I don't picture myself as Simon, and I, and I don't picture myself as Jesus, but I don't picture myself as the woman either. I instinctively imagine myself as just another dinner guest, looking on as the woman declares her love for Jesus. I put myself into the scene as a neutral, who is broadly sympathetic to the woman, but doesn't want to cause a scene. Now, I need to repent, because that's not who I am. I am this woman. I am in debt up to my eyeballs. And if I knew even a fraction of my spiritual bankruptcy, I'd be on the floor kissing Christ's feet and I wouldn't care who saw me. Do we know Jesus? Really know Jesus? Do we know ourselves? Do we really know ourselves? Let's today flock to the friend of sinners, confessing our debts and praising His grace. As we do so, Let us hear the friend of sinners say to us, Daughter, son, your sins are forgiven. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace.